0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thanks for making us your first listen on your commute, maybe, or whatever you're doing as you listen to us in the morning. And make sure you hit that subscribe button, that follow button will be delivered to your eyes and ears first thing when we upload every day. Today, we're brought to you by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And our listeners, Locked On Bengals listeners, get a $50 off $500 purchase bonus with promo code Locked On at checkout. James, we're going to talk about Jesse Bates' absence from OTAs. This should not surprise Mm -hmm. anyone necessarily, but it is something that was confirmed since we've last recorded. Mike Hilton made it known that the Bengals are aware that a lot of people out there think the Bengals Super Bowl run was a fluke. And then Darren Simmons weighed in on the specialist battle that will be coming in camp. But first, Mike Hilton talked to the media, James, and... Well, he made it clear that he and everyone in the Bengals locker room likes Jesse Bates (laughs) and wants to see Jesse Bates extended and wants Jesse Bates around for the future. Sees Jesse Bates as part of the core, which Mike Hilton, of course, considers himself to be part of, and he should. He's on a four-year deal with three years left, but Jesse Bates on the franchise tag, like many players on the franchise tag, not present for OTAs. The Bengals don't have a mandatory minicamp this year, so... Bates not partaking in this part of the offseason program, and it shouldn't be surprising. He's not the only one either, as Zach Taylor pointed out. It sounds like there are a few players that aren't present. Rookies, by the way, will report later. They're also not there yet. Rookie minicamp has not happened yet, but I guess it is noteworthy, although expected, that Jesse Bates is not in attendance.
1: Yeah, it, it is, and it's just on It's it's voluntary off-season workouts. It's not even OTAs. Um, and they don't have any mandatory anything this off up until training camp. So odds of us seeing Jesse Bates probably not going to happen. Um, rookie camp for those wondering, is uh, toward the middle of this month. It's a couple weeks away. So we'll get to know these rookies and get to chat with them more and all of that stuff in person and, and have that for you here on Locked on Bengals. But as far as Jesse Bates goes, look, who is surprised at this? He got tagged. They drafted a safety in the first round. They drafted a safety in the fifth round. I don't know why people are calling uh, Taylor Britt a safety. He's he's a corner, and I get it. He played some safety, uh, dude. I went on multiple radio shows on on Monday, and it was like three safeties. What are they uh, comments? Uh, hybrid, but no, no, no. He's a corner. All right, that's it. It sounds like
0: we have a few things to clarify here. Cam Taylor Britt's going to play outside corner. He might yep. align at safety a handful of times this year, like he did at Nebraska last year, where he had like five free safe safety snaps, and I think they were all in one game. Tyson Anderson is a safety. He's not a linebacker. And Dax Hill is going to play pretty much Everything.
1: everywhere. Yeah, because he's great, and he should have been the 31st pick. And that's James, why I gave it an A++. Plus plus. Uh, um, You're
0: Jesse Bates' point.
1: Yeah, Um yeah, as far as Bates goes, not shocking, understand it. At the same time, it's like, all right, so where do they go from here? right? Because Mike Hilton said, yeah, of course, I want Bates to get paid. He's said it all along. He's been a real big Jesse Bates supporter since he got to town last off season. And at the same time, he knows it's a business. He knows that Dax Hill is there. He knows that Von Bell's in a contract year. And so, it's going to be interesting. The Bengals have a decision to make and, and Jesse Bates has a decision to make. Let's be honest here. The safety market isn't what it once was. Ty, uh, Tyron Matthew got you know, a three-year up to $33 million deal with the, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, some are going to say, all right, well, he's older. He's on the back end, all of that stuff. All right, well, that's fine. What about Marcus Williams with the Baltimore Ravens, the top safety in this free agent class, around $14 million per year. And so to me... It might be wise of Bates to get a deal done now, especially if he looks at this team and says, man, look at this core, look at these guys, you know, Joe Burrow, T Higgins, all these guys that he would want to partner with long-term. I think the Bengals want to keep him long-term. They're just not going to pay him Jamal Adams money. And th- that's the part of it. Does Bates want that? Because if so, he's not getting it in Cincinnati. And the Bengals have his replacement now if they need it. Dax fits well with Bates. He's also going to fit well without Bates, and that's the beauty of picking him. And so that's the the give and take that I think is is going on now. And uh, I don't think anything gets done in the near future. The good news, there is a deadline, and deadlines usually spur negotiations. They usually uh, force action. That deadline to, to extend franchise-tagged players is July 15th. So we're going to know before training camp if the Bengals can get an extension done or not. And uh, if Bates is willing to to negotiate some, because it feels like him along with his agent, David Mulligetta, they've been pre- pretty stubborn in their asking price as of now. And the Bengals have been stubborn on their end too. We'll see if either side gives, because right now I don't think we're going to see Bates until training camp. And, and, and we, you know, who, who knows? I don't think he's going to hold out from there, but I don't think we'll we'll see him until then.
0: And we really don't know what exactly Bates is offering and what exactly the Bengals have offered. And and how far apart they are. It doesn't seem like they're particularly close. It's ever been reported yep. that yep. they were close. It could come down to guarantees with Malageta, especially, as we've discussed. But what odds do you give it, James? Deadline coming up, cans for action. Mm-hmm. I don't feel... I would be surprised if an extension is reached before the season. Pleasantly surprised. Yep. He's 25 years old. He's one of the younger safeties out there. But yep. you you're right. You look at the safety contracts, and Jamal Adams at seventeen and a half million per year sticks out like a sore thumb. Sticks out like a Christian Kirk on the wide receiver list is like, man, this is skewing the whole market because many safeties that could be comparable are in the fourteen million dollar year range, mm-hmm. like Kevin Bayard or Buda Baker, or mm-hmm. you know all the way up to Justin Simmons, just north of fifteen million, and then you have the seventeen and a half sitting at top, way way over what a lot of top-tier safeties are getting paid.
1: Yep, and so Mulligetta, I would imagine, he represents Justin Simmons as well. I bet he's trying to get Bates more than than what he got Simmons, and maybe even more than, than Adams. And I don't know that, right? It's not like there's reports that he wants to be the league's highest-paid safety, but the Jamal Adams contract is trash. And the only reason he got that money is because the Seahawks went all in, two first-rounders. They had to pay him, and, and they... That was it. We have to keep them. We can't not extend him. We just gave up two first rounders for him a year prior. So that's why they did that. The Bengals look at that and they're like, all right, I don't give a damn what Jamal Adams is making the Seahawks just because they made a stupid decision. It doesn't mean we're going to. And that's the part is, can they find a middle ground? You asked for a a percentage. I think it's about 25% and that they get a deal done. And that's not great. (laughs) That's not ideal. And and I think it's just because there's been so much time. I mean, think about how the season went. All the stuff that Bates went through mentally, being on that one-year deal, essentially, or in the final year of his contract. And at any point, at any moment, he could have signed an extension. His party could have reached out. His his people could have reached out to the Bengals and said, look, it's affecting his play. Let's just get this deal done. We'll take the deal that you offered in, in training camp. And I bet you the Bengals, I know they don't normally do that. I bet you they would have been like, let's go. And yet, here we are. Uh, Did that asking price come down at all after his uh, worst regular season, the worst regular season of his career? Probably not after what he did in the postseason. So it's tough. And and that's why I give it a 25% chance. Not overly optimistic, because now which side is desperate? Jesse Bates knows what it's like to play in in essentially a franchise tag year. He didn't make $13 last year. He's going to make that this year, one-year deal. And you look at the Bengals, the replacements right there in a guy, I don't know about you, but as a prospect is, is there's a reason he went 31st overall and not in the fifties in round two, you know, he's, he's uh, probably a better prospect coming out than Jesse Bates was four years ago.
0: Will be interesting to say the least. I think your 25% estimate is a very fair ballpark coming up next. Mike Hilton made it clear talking a lot of Mike Hilton today that the Bengals know that many in the media, many fans are characterizing the Bengals Super Bowl run as a fluke. We'll talk about that coming up next.
1: You want everyday fine jewelry, but where do you go to find it? Well, we're here to help you here at Locked on Bengals because it's BlueNile.com. You can use BlueNile.com to celebrate all of life's awesome events, including Mother's Day, which is this weekend. There are two parts to this business you got the wedding jewelry you got the fine jewelry and guess what blue nile.com is a one-stop shop for all of them whether it's engagement rings and bands diamond jewelry cocktail rings gemstone necklaces you got to get to blue nile.com this mother's day give mom something she's going to treasure forever with fine jewelry from blue nile.com and locked on bangles listeners you're going to save money right now With promo code locked on, you're going to get $50 off any order of 500 bucks or more. It's a podcast exclusive right here on Locked On Bangles. All you got to do, BlueNile.com, promo code locked on, and save 50 bucks on any order of 500 bucks or more. And the best part about every order, they're insured, they ship free, they arrive in a discreet package that isn't going to give away what it is. So don't delay. BlueNile.com, promo code locked on.
0: James, the common refrain we've heard from Zach Taylor is that the Bengals are starting back over at square one. You heard mm-hmm. Logan Wilson echo that today, and you heard Mike Hilton echo that today. We're ready to get out there and prove it again, said Mike Hilton after saying, we know people are saying it's the Bengals. That's why it's a fluke. It's the Bengals. What does yeah. that even mean, man? Like, How is this something that we're still... We got, You got Joe Burrow at quarterback, playing some of the best quarterback in the NFL. You have one of the best receivers in the NFL with Jamar Chase, who as a 21-year-old set the league on fire. They're hitting on free agency picks, or pickups, I should say. They are running back a Super Bowl team for the most part with a bunch of additions in the secondary through the draft and three new starting offensive linemen, all of whom should be significant upgrades. Meanwhile, they've sustained a lot of their depth from last year, their mm-hmm. biggest free agency departure is CJ Uzama, who was replaced with Hayden Hurst, and they were healthy. Mike Hilton acknowledged that he said we had some luck. We were healthy. That doesn't always happen in the league. We were blessed to be healthy, but calling it a fluke, I I don't know, man. Like you can call uh, you can call certain things in the regular season I think fluky, and the playoffs are inherently unstable, one and done single mm-hmm. elimination tournaments you're going to have some luck for whoever comes out of that on top but calling it a fluke i mean i called the steelers the worst 10 and 0 team in history last year when they started out 10 and 0 and then they didn't win another game or maybe they got to 11 i can't two remember. years ago two years ago yeah uh yeah 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 two years now because right yep. that's still last year to me yeah. um but I don't know, man. When you, when you go to the Super Bowl and you're seconds away or fractions of a second away from winning it, depending on how you define it, you're calling it a fluke.
1: That's let me tell you why. Crazy. Let me, let me tell you why people are view it that way. They think the, they, they think Joe Burrow's Joe
0: Flacco. They think it's the wrong,
1: Joe. And then I and then I'll tell you why they're not a fluke because I don't think they are. So hold your damn comments until I finish because I'm just explaining to you why people from a thousand foot view because I can already feel it. James is Nick. No, no, no. I don't think it's a fluke. Here's why people do, because people like – or teams like the Atlanta Falcons, 28-3 to exist, where they get there, but they were an old team led by a quarterback that had a career year, and it was really – that was it. That was their window, and then they lose their offensive coordinator and things kind of stumble, almost like the 2015 Bengals, where that was it. If they were going to do it, that was the year to do it. Um, You're right. Joe Flacco, that's another one, but that was an old team, and a lot of those guys – uh, retired shortly after that, uh, or left the team, or in Flacco's case, just didn't play nearly as well as they did during the playoff run. The other one I would mention, and they didn't make the Super Bowl, but the Jacksonville Jaguars that lost in 20, it was the 2017, 2018 season, I believe, in the AFC title game to the Patriots. And, well, you have Blake Bortles. And, and so that's the point, right? So I get why everyone outside of Cincinnati or outside of Bengals fans looks at it and are like well what have the Bengals done? They made the Super Bowl after going 6-25 and 1 for 2 years. So the equity isn't built up yet. So to win them over, the Bengals they're going to have to go win games this year and show that they are sustainable. It is sustainable that they are legit like the Bills. So they are legit like the Chiefs. That doesn't mean they got to go to the Super Bowl again. But you know if they go 7 and 10, that's not good enough. If they go 11 and 6 or 12 and 5, now I think people start to buy in because of' Super Bowl appearance, 11 and six, 12 and five, even if they don't make the Super Bowl, even if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, in the wild card round or the divisional round. Um, so that part of it, I think, is why people feel that way, but you already hit on it why it isn't a fluke. It starts with Joe Burrow. None of those other teams that I mentioned have Joe Burrow. And you're right, Joe Flacco on his best day isn't Joe Burrow. And now Joe Burrow has this offensive line that's the best offensive line he's had maybe since, maybe of his life, maybe of his adult life. Because at LSU, the offensive line wasn't a bunch of world beaters. They were as a team. They were world beaters. Those dudes were, that might be the best college football team ever, you know, going 15-0 in 2019. But he's overcome a lot and had to overcome a lot last year. And so to me, this offense should take another step maybe multiple steps. We've talked about the additions on defense. And the other thing that should happen with this team and that Zach Taylor deserves a ton of credit for, he's gotten better each and every year, I think. And last year, there were still some issues. I think he's going to learn from those again. And much like a young quarterback, learn from those and improve. Obviously, you expect Joe Burrow to improve. Plus, he has a better line and, and talent around him. So to me, yeah, not a fluke. But I can also see why people are saying that. And the analogy I would give is, you know, Peyton Manning and the Colts, it took them a few years, and they didn't have the playoff success that Burrow had early on. But when he was drafted in 98, it took them a few years for people to take him really, really seriously. And that's not necessarily the same uh, from a Burrow standpoint because they already went deep in the playoffs. But I think you just got to show you can be consistent with it. And so if the Bengals win 11-12 this year, and, uh, and they're a real contender throughout the season, then I, I think a, a lot of this will go away, the talk of fluke flukiness and things like that. But it was just one year. As magical as it was, as fun of a run as it was, it was one year. And the good news is, is I think that this team has the mental makeup to, all right, it's time to go. It's time to turn the page and rebound. Because a lot of teams haven't rebounded after they lose in the Super Bowl. I think this team is built different, and that starts with Joe Burrow.
0: That's a big thing to me, I guess, is the, the Super Bowl loser curse, the hangover that is discussed so often. Is this team young and dumb enough, and I mean that in a good way, to not let that bother them, to continue to strive for greatness, to really buy into the culture? And that's the other thing. You talked about Zach Taylor getting better each year. The culture has gotten better each year. Luana Rumo evolving Each year with that defense drawing a lot of praise, especially throughout the playoffs for the way that they individualized game plans and made life hard for opposing offenses on some teams that were expected to do things to them that they did not do in the divisional playoff game against the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry was supposed to run for 200 yards and the Bengals were supposed to have no chance to stop the return of the King. And then Derrick Henry hardly did anything against the Kansas city chiefs. They weren't going to only score three points in the second half again. Well, turns mm-hmm. out they scored three points in the second half again. And in and Remember- the Super Bowl, you know, it wasn't the offense, I would say, for Sean McVay's Rams that got them over the hump. But, you know, yeah. I, I'm just saying credit credit the defense's evolution under Lou Anarumo as well. A lot of things getting better, but you're right. It all comes back to Joe Burrow. Yeah. And that yeah. Joe Burrow, Joe Flacco thing, like Flacco played in that playoff run on a heater that he had never before and never again achieved. Yep. Joe Burrow has shown us greatness, s- sustained greatness. And there's no reason to think that he won't continue on that trajectory. In my opinion.
1: Remember before the Titans game, it was Larry Ogunjobi is out. How yeah. are they going to stop Derrick Henry? Yep. And I, I did a, uh, I went on with Jeremy Rao and, uh, joe Daneman on fox 19 and literally like this back alley they tracked me down the night before the game to to interview me I, and i was out the dinner i was like all right let's do it and they asked me about that and i'm like everyone's talking about how larry ogan Joby is the key to the he's not good against the ground ground game if anything this is the game you don't want him and uh, obviously the bengals did uh, what they needed to do there so yeah it is uh don't let it get to you bengals fans That being said, they do have something to prove.
0: I agree with that. because,
1: Yeah, because there is a Deshaun Watson that at some point is going to play for the Browns. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were all dinged up. And even though I think I have like a 50-50 shot to make the Ravens 53-man roster at wide receiver because they don't have anybody to catch passes outside of Rashad Bateman and uh, the kid from Texas who's returning punts. I forget his name, but I actually liked him coming out. Um, You remember his name? no continue no it's okay anyway he's a second third year player anyways um so yeah I think 50 50 shot uh but they still have to prove it and so that's the part of it and the Pittsburgh Steelers say what you want about them they were all the defense last year. and they have an offense they might not have a well, quarterback well no
0: dude their offense is legit come on you now. need a they quarterback look. to play offense in the NFL
1: sure okay and their quarterback I guarantee you this is going to be better than what they had last year. I'm not too worried about that yet. I'm not worried. I'm just saying, right? So prove it. And if you prove it again, a lot of this crap is going to go by the wayside. Um, At the same time, if you're at the top, they always talk about your fall. Ask Tom Brady. He's been dealing with it for 20 years. Ask Patrick Mahomes. They're talking about the AFC West. Now, Oh, the chargers. Oh, all these teams. That's part of it. By the way, if I'm going to make the Ravens 53-man roster, Jake, I'm going to have to continue on the Bilt Bar plan, the number one protein bar on the planet. Really think I got a shot? I'm not kidding. You look at that wide receiver depth chart. If it's going to happen, Built Bar is going to get me there. And don't worry, I'm not going to try out for the Ravens. I'm still hoping that Darren Simmons, who we're going to talk about next, well, is looking for a backup punt returner, which I would totally suck at. But Built Bar would help me uh, get better at that. It's going to help you – Get the protein punch, midday protein punch, post-workout protein punch you're looking for. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. Perfect for you. So get them right now at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, for 15% off the number one protein bar on the planet, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15.
0: As we could talk about this disrespect the Bengals fans are feeling for their team for a full episode, but we won't because that's not the way we do things here on Locked On Bengals when people flap their gums, as some people say, about things that are not necessarily the most logical. We don't give them too much of our time. We give them a little bit of time. We can, we can do some myth busting, but only to a certain point, James, because we know the reality and our listeners I think, know the reality of the Cincinnati Bengals because that's what we bring them every day. Part of that reality this year will feature some special teams battles. Darren Simmons talking to the media extensively at length Mm -hmm. on Tuesday. What were your biggest takeaways, James? You were in the building.
1: Legitimate punter competition. I know a lot of people were talking about, oh man, I can't believe they brought back Kevin Huber. It turns out the offer to Kevin Huber has been on the table. And Huber wanted to wait to see what they did in the draft, um, which I get. I understand it uh, and on one hand. On the other, I think Drew Chrisman has a shot here. He does. And it's not just punning; It's the holding. And so that's the edge. That's the edge that Huber has. And Darren Simmons talked about it. He said, well, now you, you go for it a lot more. You have this elite uh, lead offense. You're going to go for it even more than normal. He, he was like, in the past, it's probably – The punter, it's 60% punts, 40% holding. He said now it's closer to 50-50, and it's probably not 50-50. He said 55-45, but still, that's part of it. So, one, Kevin Huber does have the equity built up, certainly the trust from a holding standpoint. It's not like they didn't just set records with Evan McPherson and Kevin Huber in that department. On the other hand, Drew Chrisman, He's the young, shiny toy man. And, and everyone's talking about punt god. Well, I think Chrisman is a hell of a punter. And so, can he be a good enough holder to where Evan McPherson is going to be able to trust him, where Clark Harris is, is going to, to trust him if he's the long snapper? Or is it Cal Adamitis out of Pittsburgh, who, again, is much like Chrisman, is going to get a real shot here? And so, training camp, it's going to be filled with punter watch. And long snapper watch. So boy, oh boy, buckle up. It sounds kind of weird to me. I haven't, I've never covered a long snapper watch, long snapper gate. I've covered a few field goal kicker competitions, but not a punt competition either, punter competition. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be unique, uncharted territory for the Bengals special teams unit, at least for those that have followed the team over the past 15 years or so.
0: You better find some special teams specialist experts to To learn how to evaluate long snappers,
1: mm-hmm. I, I, I don't,
0: I, I don't know how. Like, if a snap is bad, that's very obvious, but yep. it, you assume that neither will make a bad snap. And if that's the case, how do you differentiate the it, long snappers? You know,
1: it, it, honestly, it's going to be a lot of talking to Darren Simmons and Zach, yeah. and, and, and hoping for honesty because a part of it. Especially for Kyle Adamaitis, is going to be identifying how he, the the offensive line is going to get attacked, right? And I did him. all right. This is what's going to happen. This is the guy that's going to be coming at me because Clark Harris isn't going to get confused. He's seen it all, right? And so that's the part I think that is uh, that is crucial. And obviously, and we're not going to be measuring this, but the Bengals will. The snap speed is such a big part of it. You is know, it obviously, obviously, that a thing? it needs to. Oh, absolutely, it is. Okay, a thing. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the thing that they'll judge it on. Obviously you want them accurate, all of those things, but they'll, they'll track the speed of the snaps. Cause think about it, the, the slower the speed of the snap, the longer it takes to get there, the less time you have to punt it, kick it and all of those things. And so the snap speed really matters.
0: Probably RPMs too. You know, the, 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 how tight is that spiral? I, I, I literally like, if there's one thing about football that I don't know, it's it's long snapper evaluation like isn't part of it wouldn't part of it be like coverage punt coverage because the long snapper is a part of the punt coverage team you see clark harris down there downing a ball sometime and making making tackles from time to time i imagine that's part of it as well the punting competition perhaps a little bit easier you're going to have your stopwatch you're going to be measuring hang time you're going to be counting touchbacks you're going to be counting coughing corners you're going to be counting long punts when, when they do some long punting. But I, I do like Darren Simmons' point on a serious note about going for it more the way the NFL is going with some of the analytic stuff that they're doing uh, mm-hmm. with the kind of offense that they have. And he talked about this. He's been consistent that the importance of holding, getting the snap down and, and held properly for your kicker for Drew Christman will be a huge part of it, especially with Evan McPherson, which you talked about too. They're kicking field goals. Yep. from further out, and you need yep. that machine to stay well oiled because it is going to be important to winning and losing games. We saw how important it was just last
1: year. Yeah, and, and so that's that's the part of it. Simmons also said because I know there were a lot of people when Huber came back, like, man, he just isn't the same. He said, look, we weren't good enough flipping field position, especially at the end of the year. And so you're talking about a guy who's a 14 year NFL veteran and now he's going to be in a punt, punter competition, right? So he's going to have to punt more than he normally would during camp. Is he going to have the juice throughout the year? And I said juice for a reason. So it's uh this is a real moment for Kevin Huber to, you know, his back is against the wall a little bit cuz I don't know. I mean, is another team going to reach out? Does he have other offers? If if he doesn't get this one. So I I think that part of the reason he waited to sign is the last thing he wanted is to get released because they drafted someone. And and so now he has a real comp you know, a competition on his hands, but it's against a guy that he's seen, he's aware of, and he knows that he's got to be better. And and so physically, hopefully he gets on the Bilt Bar plan, because maybe he'll have some booming kicks. And Drew, you know, the holding part for you is big. And I, I think Bilt Bar will help in that that department as well.
0: We'll see how the punting and holding and snapping goes eventually. <laughs> We're a few months away from that no, camp
1: battle. Uh, we'll see it soon. I mean, I think we'll see it in in OTAs for sure. You know, oh yeah, I, I but
0: it'll it'll carry on. Sure. I mean, when fans are going to see it, the fans will see it in person, assuming training camp opens back up this year for training camp, right?
1: Yeah, I, and I, and I think it will. I think there'll be some fans. What could you do better? Punt a ball or field a punt return? Which is much harder to do than people realize. I I have
0: I have done both in my life. I think I would do if I could. I could probably fair catch a ball better than I could punt a ball. I can't punt very well. If the question was between that and long snapping, though, I can long snap. I I learned a little bit of that. I can I could do that okay. I could probably get a snap back there for like a PAT.
1: Well, you'd get. Yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. In flag, if they if they couldn't run you over, <laughs> well, they, the long snappers are very
0: protected on on field goals. It's true. That's true. Yeah. All right.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? I'll tell Darren. I'll tell Darren. No, I'm not. I'm not a, competing. It's a three way competition at long snapper.
0: Every time this it, comes up, I'm very happy to admit that I do not belong on a football field. Keep me on the sidelines, coach.
1: Yeah. Of the three, I can't kick at all. I certainly want one a long snap.
0: Oh yeah, Um, you're a returner.
1: I would try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I have everything to do. But man, it is, it's not easy. Like people think that it's like, oh, you just field it. No, man, that it's not. It that is one of the hardest jobs in sports. It really is. And um, oh, one one quick note before we go, because obviously Simmons, um, there were some returners that they liked in this draft, and obviously he talked about that at the combine. At the same time two things. One, they looked at all the top returners that they had the high the higher graded returners the past couple of years in the draft and those guys didn't set the league on fire right away from the jump, which is interesting, that that, that was part of their decision making and he also said that there weren't a ton of them that they liked in the draft. There were and when you only have when you only have 6 picks, I, you know, obviously that's a factor.
0: I think we looked at this one day. We or yeah. maybe I looked at it with Joe, I can't remember. No, we did. we like, talked about it. There were like 5 significant returners that had major college success in this draft and Velas jones ended up getting picked in like the third round Dude. at 25 years old out of tennessee so yep. very interesting stuff we'll see Isn't how the, the draft bears
1: team. wasn't it the bears that did that
0: it was the bears because i was oh. complaining about justin fields and him not having oh. anybody to throw
1: to poor justin Man, field i might be able to make the bears wide receiver court too i'm gonna have to probably a, a better shot to be honest with the, I mean, the Ravens wide receivers aren't good either. At least I mean, they
0: have Rashad. Like they have a guy in Rashad Bateman who's good.
1: You know, he's a solid yeah. player. No, I think Bateman could end up being really good. It's just after that. Devin Duvernay, by the way, is the kid out of Texas mm-hmm. that I like. The, the speedster is right. pretty good. Anyway,
0: let's wrap up there before we get too far down. What James thinks he can do for professional football teams or not. <laughs> And we'll be back tomorrow with Mike Potts. We'll get a scouting report on James Rapine from Mike when we talk to him tomorrow. We'll ask him what position he thinks James could play for the Cincinnati Bengals, assuming he was in tip-top shape at age 21. And we'll also ask him about the NFL draft that the Bengals just completed. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one.